less than 39 years ago when we moved, or maybe it was 39 now, but we moved here and it was a couple of weeks later, I asked Richard Craigle to come and plow the spot up there beyond the uh, parsonage. And we tilled it. I bought a new tiller with some money that uh, I had left over from delivering newspapers in Chattanooga. Tilled it and getting ready to plant. And one Sunday on the way out, one of the elderly saints said to me, Pastor, I just want you to know that you cannot grow a garden there. I said, why can't you grow a garden there? There's a lot of stones and the soil's no good. I said, okay. And I left her going, you know, and I didn't say any more. I knew what I was doing, I thought anyway, that uh, my intent was to till the garden and I was going to add tons of manure and I was going to add probably 30 or 40 bales of hay that year. And as time went on, I added more manure and the kids spread all kinds of grass and you know, pulled all kinds of weeds. I think it was a couple of years later, the same lady went out of church. She said, Pastor, your garden really looks nice. I was wrong. What did you do? I built up the soil without fertilizer, chemical fertilizer. So it would pose a question. What is the most important item for a seed to produce a crop, multiplying whether 30, 60, or even 100 times? What do you think is the most important item for a seed that's going to produce a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times? Scripture refers to watering, moisture, good soil. My claim would be good soil. You need watering, yes, but you can produce plants in a pretty dry climate if you have good soil, and even in our own area if you have good soil. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter Mark chapter 4. Beginning reading with verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he scattered the seed, some fell among the, or along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, 
grew and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parable. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some of the people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown in rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among the thorns, hear the word. But the words of this life, the deceitful wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed on the good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times what was sown. Jesus talks about the seed, which in the context of the parable was the word. And then he talks about soil and different types of soil. And he says it was a good soil that produced a crop. Now another question. Does good soil need, and I would put a word that's not there in front of fertilizer, does good soil need man-made fertilizer? Does good soil need man-made fertilizer? You would say yes, Art. Any other response? Another question, what does fertilizer do to a soil? Chemical fertilizer, what does it do to a soil? Think about that one. Just a couple of thoughts on good soil. And this would come from knowing a little bit about farming, but also some of what Scripture teaches. Good soil is loose, has much humus, a lot of organic matter, and all kinds of living organisms in it. That's just good soil. It's a description of good soil. You reach down, pick up a soil, and you squeeze it, and you let it fall, and it kind of stays in a ball. Probably not real good soil. Good soil, can pick up, squeeze it real tight, and drop it. It'll fall apart. You know, if, it's, if it's extremely wet, it won't do that. Good soil is where plants can endure drought. You have good soil a plant can go through a lot of drought and maintain its health because good soil holds the moisture even when it's dry. Plants in good soil can endure wet times because that soil also drains properly. Good soil has no need, and hear me out on this one, for man-made fertilizer. 
If you do a study of man-made fertilizer, it destroys and hinders good soil. It will kill the living organisms and so on in the soil. I said man-made fertilizer. Weeds find it much more difficult to grow in good soil because the plants are healthy, thus hindering weed growth. Plants in good soil produce a crop. Nutrients and so on are in the soil that is good, not added by man-made fertilizer. And I'm not knocking man-made fertilizer, by the way. People use it all the time. Good soil must be built up. It does not remain good on its own. Because good soil produces a crop. You know, the plant produces a crop that takes something out of the soil. Some plants will put something in, but take other items out. So it must be built up. It does not maintain its strength on its own. The key to healthy crops is healthy soil. Take care of the soil itself. Build up the soil. Put back into the soil. So I'd mentioned the garden we had up here. First couple years, probably the kids more than me, Picked all kinds of rocks. Spread all kinds of fertilizer. Got a picture of Danny helping me spread some manure. It was fairly hard the first couple of years. It didn't produce very well. But by the time we quit using that spot, we would have hauled off, I think it was at least four big dump trucks of topsoil. And if you look, the grass there is still greener than around the garden. Why? For 30, what, five years, would have added and built and built the soil. Don't let this blow you away. The fact that soil needs man-made fertilizer means it is depleted. We hear about organic farming down at my nephew's one Fourth of July, and uh, the guy that's farming Ruth Ann's nephew's land, you know, Dave invited him for lunch, and he came over and ate lunch, and I got to talking to him a little and found out that he's married to my cousin's daughter. And I asked him about the field. I said, it looks pretty good. He said, we don't use any chemicals on it. And you know, we're organic. He said, you don't have very many weeds. He says, no, don't have a lot of weeds. In some way, shape, or form, he was building the soil. Care for the soil and the plant, the crops, tend to take care of themselves. But it requires patience. It takes time to maintain Good soil. Again, Ruth Ann will water her plants and she'll fertilize them at times and so on. Most farmers use some type of fertilizer, and again, I'm not knocking fertilizer, but fertilizer, man made, goes into the plant and that affects your food. That's just the way it is. 
much produce, well, I wouldn't say all produce, will be according to the soil in which it is raised. You know, what is in the soil. You ever stop to consider that you can walk through the woods and you see healthy trees? They're not fertilized by anything man-made. What happens? That tree produces leaves, it drops its leaves, those leaves rot, there's nutrients in those leaves, they get down into the soil, and the tree picks up those nutrients from the soil, and it produces more leaves, and you have that cycle go on and on. If you go out west, in the prairies, you will find that prairie grass grows. Seems to grow every year, you know, if it's left alone. Why? The grass grows, it dies. What happens? It rots. Feeds the soil, and then it comes up the next year. That's why they say lawns, where you let the clippings on, are better than when you bag them, because the grass rots, and it feeds the soil. Jesus is talking about good soil. Something's going on there. It produces a crop. Good soil will produce a crop. So as you think about good soil in the body of Christ, good soil in the body of Christ is just continually caring for the basics. Some of you may remember seeing this chart before, but just basically caring for the basics. If you want to do things beyond the basics, fine. If you want to add some fertilizer, fine. I'm not saying don't add that. But fertilizer cannot take the place of good soil. So in the very bottom, we need to be ongoing, concerned about God's glory, creator God, Christ, both living and written. By written, referring to Scripture. Concerned about just who we are in Christ. You'll find the epistles emphasize at the beginning of the letters who we are in Christ. In Christ, we can't live the Christian life in and of ourselves. A concern about godly Pastor, elders, deacons. Concerned about consistent corporate worship. Concerned about body life, the one and others. And then building on that, grandparents, older saints who have a heart for God, or at least moving in that direction. Men and women who are striving to be godly men and women and marriages you know, seeking to be godly. I'll say seeking. All this is process and time. You've got to keep at it. You've got to build and be sensitive to it, then parent or uh, parents. Very, very critical. But marriage is more important than parents. If you have to choose between building your marriage or building your kids, build your marriage. Because your kids will tend to fall into place in light of the marriage. If you have a choice between your kids being with younger people most of the time or older saints or grandparents, I would choose older saints and grandparents because they have much wisdom to offer. And I'm not saying don't let them spend time with siblings or uh, their age group. That's not my point. I'm just saying there's some things that are important. Then children, just learning to respect and obey. And then at the very top, relationships in the world, believers in daily life. This is just foundational for good soil. Now, you may do a host of other things. The church may do a host of other things. Fine. But that coming from good soil.
And it's not the issue, have we arrived in these areas? It's an issue, I think, are we striving to be faithful? We're just seeking today by day, week by week, month by month, striving to be faithful. And I think they provide an ongoing concern about good soil. And please keep in mind that as you move up the chart, you build on the lower items. So you think about relationships in the world, believers in daily life. Much of how we relate in the world is dependent upon the items under there, you know, and the lower items. It's just building good soil. So again, it's not have we arrived, are we perfect, but rather, are we striving to be faithful? As we strive to be faithful, I think God works. So a church may have all kinds of programs. That may be fine, but is the soil in place? The church may say, we've got to do this in relation to evangelism. Fine, but is the soil good? Are you striving to maintain healthy soil? Questions or comments before we move on? Have you stopped to consider that when you share the gospel, and I'm talking within the context of daily life, the context of our community, much of a person's willingness to hear will be dependent upon what they know about the body of Christ and how they see the body of Christ and how the body of Christ gets along. Where are we coming from? The relationships here influence what happens up here. Pastor down home that I talk to at times, just we interact sometimes and he says, I just don't understand. It just seems like banging my head against the wall, you know, our church and, you know, striving to reach out. And I guess he has kind of come to the conclusion to some extent, and I tend to agree with him. He said it probably has a lot to do with our history. He says, you know, every pastor was here just a few years, with the exception of one. And he survived 11 years. I'll say survived 11 or 12. The issue here influenced years later, you know, just striving to share Christ. That stands in contrast to the church who is imperfect, but striving to be sensitive to God. And you go to talk to someone and they say, oh, you go to Roaring Brook. Yeah, I go to Roaring Brook. I heard about you guys. I don't know what's wrong with you, but how in the world did you survive Pastor Dan for 39 years? Well, we were gracious to him. 
I've been asked, how'd you survive at Roaring Brook? 39 years. They've been gracious to me and I've been gracious to them. And we have worked at relationships along the way. The soil is so critical. Sometimes we may pose the question, what can we do to reach our community? Maybe we ought to rephrase that question and put, are unbelievers asking questions about our faith, our families, how we relate to one another? Totally different, you're going totally different directions. Again, it goes back to just the whole issue of soil and relationships. Soil that is depleted due to producing a crop must be built up. See, as we are sensitive to God and we walk in our homes in a godly way and we strive to live our jobs or live in our jobs in a godly way and so on, that takes something out of us. From my own life, an example, I can go to a funeral. Depends on the funeral. I can think of a couple particular ones. One where I think everybody at the funeral was a non-believer. Shared with the family. Had the graveside service. Had a meal with the family. And I came home exhausted. That just took a lot out of me. Our daily lives, as we live for God, we get drained at times. That's why we need one another. That's why we need encouragement. That's why we need prayer. That's why we need to be taught and so on. To be built up. And we may struggle at times. But still the need to be built up. Maintaining, seeking to maintain good soil. You say, no, we believers aren't perfect. No church is perfect. (laughs) Join the crowd if you read church history. Church history is not very nice. Fights and bickering and and, uh, sometimes they did very good. Sometimes there's revivals and just up and down. But Christ is still building his church. Again, way up here we may have programs and do all kinds of things which are fine. It's not that they're wrong. But are they springing from seeking to maintain a godly soil? Just really critical. I think we're striving to have godly soil. We have our ups and downs along the way. And I think that's true of any farmer. You know, there's ups and downs. Some years are better than other years. It's true in the body of Christ. And again, please don't leave here and say pastors opposed to chemical fertilizer. (laughs) I'm just trying to share (laughs) from a perspective of farming, from a perspective of Scripture, that as we take care of the core items, many other things fall into place. At our leadership night a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> asked 
those present to respond in nine different areas, just trying to develop some type of church profile as we look for an assistant pastor. We can say to him, here's where we are, here's our strengths, here's our struggles, here's our giftedness, and so on. And some of the areas we got a response was our strengths, but also our weaknesses. What do we by humans tend to do? When you think about strengths and weaknesses, what do we humans tend to focus on? Weakness. You ever consider that some weaknesses probably need to remain weaknesses, not even worry about them, and build in your strengths? Because if you focus on your weakness, what happens to your strength? You're losing the good soil. There's some areas that all of us are weak in. We're just not gifted, and so on. Maybe we need to let that go. Our church may be weak in some areas. Unless it is sin, maybe we need to say, we'll just remain weak in that area, and here's some strengths. We'll focus on our strengths. And I think that is wise in light of Scripture, but also wise farming. I'm comparing farming to church somewhat, you know, tonight. So in light of strengths that were shared, we want to seek to build on them. Some of the weaknesses, we'll say, well, we'll just remain weak in that area unless it is directly sin. If it's sin, then we need to address it. Another area we discussed was just how God worked in our church in the last 10 or 15 years. And there were a number of items shared. That helps you again to see what's God doing in our church. And I think one thing that came up a couple of times was the fact that, be careful, you take this in the right way, we made it through the building process without borrowing any money and without turning each other's hair out. So what's the big deal? If I've heard once, I've heard dozens of times, I hear your church did this in relation to building. I said, yes. Don't blame me. It's the people. They were saying good things, by the way. That's history. Now that's important. We ask people to respond to gifts and abilities. Gifts and abilities, you build in gifts and abilities... You want people to use the gifts and abilities. You don't want want to try to get them to develop something that they're not gifted in. Why? Because they become frustrated to the nth degree. And what happens, you actually tend to destroy the soil. So if I say to Ruth Ann, um, you need to go talk to so-and-so about Christ. You You need to tell them about Jesus. Go see him. She'd probably come back and say, well, that was terrible. I'll never do that again. Or I'd say, how about when you're at work, talk to that lady, or those ladies you take care of about Christ, you know, as there's open doors and so on. Oh, I can easily handle that. See, our gifts, our abilities, building on how we're gifted. And as it relates to church, a church using the gifts and building ministry around that, which we don't always do as churches, rather than 
saying, here's what we want to do, and who's willing to plug in? And there's a marked difference there. Another area we talked about were just passions and desires. Now, what's, what are the passions and desires of our church? What are the passions of de- and desires of people within our church? That tells you a lot about a person. And it's not that it's wrong or right. It's just that's the way you take care of good soil. We talked a little too, or got some response rather, just in reaching our own community. You know, how might we do that? What is our community like? I mean, certain characteristics are present in any community, you know, worldwide. But some communities are much different than others. I grew up in a community that I did not know a divorced person until I was about 16. And then I met one because he married my aunt. I'm not saying divorce right or wrong or anything. I'm just saying that was our community. Everyone knew everyone else's business. So if Farmer Huffman up the road was doing something, We tended to know about that. Whatever my uncle did, we knew about that. And you go on up the road and Eli Graver was going to do something, you know, we knew about that. That's just the nature of our community. Not saying right or wrong, that's just who we were. We were very closed. Someone move in. Oh, who are they? Where'd they come from? Why'd they do that? They're not like us. I don't know how long it took for them to be incorporated in the community. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying that's our community. And the community in which we live in here has certain characteristics. And you respond accordingly. It's not that one is bad, not one is good. No, we just have different ways of responding. So in light of that, no, you received a sheet, wanted to get some response. We recognize... And the elders and I have discussed some, just the whole issue of leadership. Do we need to make some shifts? Maybe we need to, in relation to Sunday school as an example. If you have some names of individuals you think are gifted in leadership, jot them down, leave your sheet. Also, if you have any comments on why people may be slow to be involved in ministry. Then a third one, are you ministering? If not, we're talking formally, informally, and the informal is outside the walls of the church. If you're involved in ministry, fine. All ministry is not within the walls of the church. And then the last question, if you have any response, be interested in making disciples, fellowship, body life, teens, young adults, senior saints, some areas that if there is interest, we might seek to in the pursue. But again, depends on interest and so on. And if you're willing, you can leave your paper in the back chair or the back corner. And if you answered three or four, please put your name on. If you only answered one and two, don't worry about it. (laughs) But three and four, you know, we would like to respond. A couple other thoughts as it relates to good soil and where we are as a church. I think you know we're pursuing an assistant pastor and they're meeting. A couple things will be mentioned about that. Um... And that was part of the reason trying to get some response from the leaders to develop kind of a church survey, 
or a church profile, who we are, so we can say to a guy, here's who we are as a church. Here's our strengths, here's our weaknesses, here's where we've been, here's our gifts, here's our passions. Just so you know, a little idea of what you're getting into. Here's what our community is like. Uh, maybe the person wouldn't fit in our community, <laughs> or they wouldn't feel at home for whatever reason. <clears throat> And then, Lord willing, this summer, <clears throat> Wednesday evenings, we want to take some time to, some Wednesday nights, not all, to watch and pray. In light of the Sermon on Palm Sunday, just pray, watch, be sensitive. But some other Wednesday nights, we want to do some fellowship activities. You'll hear about them as we go along. Uh, not at a night, but encourage families, individuals to come as we have some informal things in terms of that would time with body life and just time with the whole issue of fellowship overall. So, bottom line, maintain good soil. Whatever you do beyond this or whatever we do beyond this up here, fine but not at the expense of sacrificing, you know, those areas. Because when you sacrifice these areas, again, not that they have to be perfect, but when you're neglecting them, it has a big, big impact on the long-term outcome. Questions? Comments? Jason. I understand what you're saying, and I would not in any way, shape, or form, you know, encourage someone not to be involved outside the four walls, be involved, you know, some examples that you gave. Where this question would be coming from, there are some basic things that we're seeking to respond to, and if 
people are not gifted or there is not a willingness to respond, then maybe we need to make some shifts in how we do things. So if, if it's because people are living their lives, taking care of their families, they're involved beyond the four walls, and there's not a lot of time for inside the four walls, then maybe we need to make some shifts. So if someone said, people are, someone jotted down, people are busy within the, or outside the four walls, and they're trying to take care of their family, and they just don't have a lot of time left for, quote-unquote, inside the four walls, okay, jot that down, list it, and respond to that. Or when I say, we'll respond to that, and maybe we need to make some shifts accordingly, because that ties in with, and I, I'll admit I'm, I struggle in keeping my perspective, where a church may say, we want to do this, now let's round up people, rather than saying, what are the gifts of people, how do we use the gifts, and plan around people. And that's where number four is coming from. If any of those areas are something you're interested in, you feel gifted and you would like to be involved, that would, we would want that planned around, you know, gifts and abilities and desires that, you know, people would have. Not saying, here's the way it's got to be done. And there are points in time, I'll take responsibility <laughs> for some things where I said, this is the way we have to do it. It should have been, here's your gifts, your abilities. We want to plan around that. So that's a long answer to your question, Jason. So maybe the question could be worded differently, but that's the way it is. So, okay, any other questions or comments? we wrap it up here shortly. And again, some of the things that you know, I mentioned earlier, we as a church do have some weaknesses. That's going to be true. But not being so overly consumed with them as building on strengths, gifts that we have. And we, might, we don't need to be like the next church because we're different soil. <laughs> and we can enjoy that and you know, plan accordingly. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your unchangeableness. We thank you for working in our lives. And we thank you that Christ is the head of our church, the head of the body of Christ worldwide. And as we think about just being good soil, may we as a body of Christ continue to strive to be sensitive to you, yielded to you, not becoming consumed with where we think we should be or Yours where we think we need to change, but being sensitive to you, just asking over and over again, are we being faithful in the basic areas? And if we are, then we're confident you will guide and direct in the future. We want to be yielded to you, Father. May we continue to love one another, be sensitive to one another, of wisdom in living our lives, ministering according to gifts, strengths that you have given to us. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.